Thank you for joining us. It's our mission to restore hope and make a positive difference in your life today. Remember to hit subscribe so you can be the first to know when we release new content. Let's go now to today's message. I've got a word for you today. I believe that is in line, alignment with what is transpiring and taking place. And the lady that wanted to say something, hold on to it. Don't leave. We're going to, we'll, we, we may do that at the end. Is that all right? Is that all right to let somebody testify at the end of this thing? I want to get to the Word of God, but before we do that, I want you to turn with me in the book of Psalms, and I want us to look at a verse that's very specific for this time of year, or no, let's go to Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter number six, actually chapter number nine, verse six. Chapter nine, verse six. It says, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given and the government will be upon his shoulders and his name will be called wonderful counselor mighty god everlasting father the prince of peace i love verse 7 it says of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end somebody say this gift is unending how many is thankful for the gift of the baby you're thankful for the gift of the Son. And we could criticize, we could talk about, we could do all of the things that would distract us from giving God the honor that is due that we have carved out in this time and season to honor the gift that's been given to us. God has given us freely His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. The greatest gift that's ever been given in this season and in this holiday, we choose to honor this story. Now, it doesn't matter. We can criticize. We can go through religious rituals. We can go back and say, well, this is not the day that he was born. All of those types of things that we can argue about. But we cannot argue with the fact that he did what he said he did. We cannot not argue the fact that God gave. And the Bible says that for unto us this child was born. And that he was given. I want you to say, turn to your neighbor and say he was given. He was given. Freely. Now, now what's the scripture say? Freely I've been given. Right? So freely I should, oh, y'all know where I'm going. Get those pocketbooks real close. So if he's freely given to me, why is it that I hesitate to freely give what he's given? The fullness of my provision is not in my money. It's in what's been given. He has given to me so I should freely relinquish whatever he's given to me. The Bible says he has everything that I need according to his riches in glory. I can be rich, but it's not my riches. It's his riches. According to his riches in glory. So why would I not relinquishly 
release. Why would I not relinquish and release his riches back unto him? It's his money. It's his provision. It's his family. My son is his son. Come on, son. My daughter, he's blessed me with the gift. I give it back to him. And so in this moment, I want you to not neglect and really, I could stay here and preach because I believe that the church misses this more than anything else in the truth of God's Word. And the reason is, is because where your treasure is, where your heart is. You stand around people long enough, I promise you, money will be in the lingo somewhere. The lack thereof or, or the great measure thereof. Not everybody, some, some, but I'm just telling you, Without money, it's hard to move in this life. How many knows you got to have money to pay a house payment? I got to have money to about do anything that this world has for us to do. I have to have money to, pay, to buy tickets to get into places so that I can be entertained. But isn't it interesting that you have some of the greatest, and, and listen, please hear my heart right now, entertainment. Truly, you've got some of the greatest musicians that the world could ever offer right here. Greatest singers, greatest musicians, greatest talent. And, and I could park right here and just talk about how that we've pushed so much of creative arts outside because we didn't know what to do with them in the church. Some of the greatest gifts that's been given by God for the use of his kingdom has been pushed out because we saw something in individuals and we didn't know what to do with it. It was too big for the house. Oh my Lord. But I want you to understand that in order for the house to go and in order for the truth to be proclaimed in this house, it has to be funded. It has to be. You say, well, they get up there and they talk about, no. And we talk about prosperity because the Bible's full of, if you give, it shall be given. I had somebody post the other day and said this to me. Uh, Brother Sellers said, said that's a prosper they that prosperity gospel. That's what they preach. Said they, they the, the uh, what was it, the, the, the faith movement. The word of faith movement. That's what they said. The word of faith. They wanted those word of faith movement people. And said, don't be deceived. Isn't that interesting? We're one of the word of faith movement, don't be deceived. Listen, can I tell you, the enemy is the deceiver trying to tell you to not have faith and to move on the word of faith. And to understand that he wished above, watch this, all things. Are you hearing me right now? All things that you prosper and that you be in health. How many believe that you can be healthy and wealthy? In the kingdom of God, you don't have to be poor and sitting on the corner somewhere and begging when God picks you up. You're not lame, you're leaping. You remember the word that Pastor Amanda, so I'm telling you, she preached Wednesday night. If you missed it, go back and watch Facebook Live. She's my favorite preacher. She's not here, obviously. Most of you know that she had a surgery and because of endometriosis, they did a hysterectomy on her. We're just going to go ahead and say it, but there it is. 
because some of y'all thinking she's going to have surgery on other things. I know how the body of Christ works. I knew she was one of them. She's one of them prosperity preachers. You see what I'm saying? This is what the enemy does. I'm going to tell you something. If you're sowing into this house, you're sowing into revival. How many trust that and believe that and know that? Is there any core in this place that can be a witness and say, you're sowing into rain. You're sowing into healings and miracles. You're sowing into the harvest. That's why we're here. Not because I sent myself, but because God sent us here as a body to build a kingdom. Amen? So I want you to get that seed in your hand because the most ungiving season is in this season that we're living in right now. The Christmas season. We, we save it up for the Xbox. Can I just preach in here? We save it up for the 70 inch plasma screen that we're going to hang on the wall. It's going to burn up when he comes. I'm thankful for things. Don't misunderstand me. I enjoy it too. I love giving good gifts to my children. You know why? Because he loves giving good gifts to his children. It's a reflection of him. There's nothing like the surprise of Christmas. My favorite thing is that something my child desires, wrapping it up. My God. Putting a bow on it. My rapping's not too good. Musically and at Christmas time. Some of y'all catch that on the way home. But my favorite thing, Gavin, is to see my children when something they've desired with all of their heart is under the tree, it's wrapped up, it's got a bow on it. And to watch them unwrap the gift. Nothing like it. Because I know that when they get it open, they're going to enjoy what I allowed them to have. How many things that God has given to you because you asked for it and desired it, and you unwrapped it, do you still enjoy it? Is it new to you every morning? Oh, I'm preaching better than anybody's saying. I'm not trying to do anything other than to bring some things into perspective. Because the things that we truly, really care about giving to. He said, don't lay treasures up down here that'll be dusty and rusty. He said, but... <laughs> Every time you put a dollar in, you put a sow in. Are you hearing me right now? Every time you sow into the kingdom of God, you sow into ministries. You're sowing into harvest. Neither we really believe this or we don't. The gospel cannot go where there's not a seed for it to grow. We'll never reach a harvest that we're not sowing into. But if I sow for it, I'm going to see it come to pass.
That's why he said, the rain is a nuisance to those who do not have seed in the ground. Praise is nonsense to those who never sow into a reason to praise him. Somebody's ready for me to move, aren't you? I see you. I'm watching you. Come on, lift your hands and seed up to heaven. I hope it's your biggest seed yet. Because listen, 23, you're debt free. See, some of you, you're getting it. But the Bible said life and death is in my mouth. So I'm, I'm declaring it. I'm, I'm going to be debt free in 23. I said I'm going to be debt free. And anybody else have enough faith to believe that that's the kind of God that you serve, that in 23 you're going to be debt free. So let's sow on it. Let's, let's put our faith into it. Let's, let's sow into what we know God has said over our lives and over this house and what God is going to do with the seed that you're sowing right now. It will be exceeding abundantly above anything you could ask or imagine. Amen. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for the opportunity, number one, to come into your house. I thank you, Lord, for this house. I thank you for your worship. I thank you, Lord, for your worshipers. I thank you for the musicians, Lord. Lord, I thank you from the front to the end of each and every Sunday, God, there is something that we anticipate and expect. We know that you're going to do something. We know that it's going to feel new. It's going to be, it's not going to be the same because you're the God of, you're mysterious. You're saying, you're the same, but God, you are always taking us from different places, from glory to glory. And so, Lord, I'm asking you right now that every seed that's been sown, not because I'm saying it, but because your word has declared it, every seed that's sown in faith in this moment, I pray that in the next few days, God, that it comes back in good measure. Hallelujah. That it comes back pressed down, that it comes back shaken together, and that it overflows and runs over in our lives. God, those that are giving in this moment, Lord, for your glory, show them who you are in their lives, what you can be in their lives. Lord, you said, test me, try me in this, and see if I will not open up heaven and pour out blessings. I pray for that pouring out to every seed and to every sower in this place. Those who have been consistent givers to the purpose of your kingdom for this house. I can speak to this house. I can speak to the whole body, but I speak for this house and the house is represented. Lord, let this be the greatest season of their life. I pray for overflow. We, we declare it as a conference, but I, I believe it's a mandate that you've called us to walk in, that we will live in overflow, that we will be blessed to be a blessing. And we give you the glory and the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may bring your offering forward at this time, or actually they're going to take it up today. So Pastor Amanda is watching us from the house will you let you let her know you love her that you miss her today can you do that i do i love you baby rest up let god do his perfect work amen she's gonna be ready she's gonna write all kinds can you imagine what's gonna happen when she gets back lord look out look out us look out devil amen if you would, after you've given, would you stand for the reading of God's Word? I'm not going to keep you long today. 
but I do have something that I believe God wants to say to us. Joshua chapter number six. Keep on giving. I'm thankful for our church folk. Aren't, don't you have the best church ever? Can we just, can we say that? I'm not bragging, I'm just declaring truths. Y'all are amazing. And you show up in the most crucial times. Many of you have given. Uh, we've got, it feels, it smells really nice in our house. All the flowers <laughs> and uh, gifts text messages, calls. Thank you for that. Nobody's told you to do that. It's who you are. And I want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being who you are. To this body, Tana was there with us. She was with Pastor Amanda and helped her. Thank you for who you are. I love you and I honor you and the heart that you have for God's people. I, I thank you. I thank all of you. I've seen you many times show up and let God show out. Amen? So turn to your neighbor and tell them that you love them. Some of you, that's easy. That's your wife or your daughter or your son. But turn to somebody that you normally don't say it to and just tell them that you appreciate them. Because it's hard sometimes. Listen, one of the hardest things in this life that's so crazy and busy is to show our appreciation. We miss it so many times. I do. I mean it, man, I, I want to tell everybody in here, I appreciate you. That's my heart. I want to find the gift that's in you and just encourage it until it can't be encouraged anymore. That's my heart. But I miss it so many times because I'm always moving, always preparing, always, you know, it, it's just, it's the pace of the life that we are living in in this moment. But I want all of you to know from the youth section, kids, pastors, youth pastors, all the leadership, all the laymen, all the, everybody that is here, listen, you showed up today, didn't you? You showed up today and we appreciate you showing up, number one, but we appreciate who you are. Come on, somebody give God praise because somebody has been there for you when they didn't have to be there and they're your brothers and sisters in this house. It's the truth. It's the truth. We have a treasure in earthen vessels. Amen. Y'all ready for the word? <clears throat> Joshua chapter number six, verse one, it says, now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho into your hand. It's king and the mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once, this you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times. Somebody shout seven. And the priests shall blow the trumpets. The priests shall blow the trumpets. Somebody say the priest shall blow the trumpets. Say it again. The priest, listen to me. It didn't say they might do it or... Or, or they should, or, or if they feel like doing it. 
but they shall blow the trumpets. Somebody say, blow the trumpet, sound the alarm. It shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. Somebody say, a long blast. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, every time you see trumpet, I want you to think of truth. <laughs> Somebody say, my trumpet is my truth. When you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Why do we shout? Because we've heard the sound of truth. <laughs> then the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up every man straight before him. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word today. Your presence, truly in it is joy. We have felt that joy today. Chains have already fallen off. Sicknesses has already been healed. Lives have already been transformed because you told us that in your presence, things change. And Lord, because of the obedience and willingness to praise God, you have given us the opportunity to be changed. I thank you for the hearts that are willing to praise you, to come and enter into the temples of your truth so that lives can be changed and transformed, not just our own personal situations and circumstances. But there's something about a corporate expression that will not only change me, but it changes people around me. And so, Lord, I thank you for that today. I thank you for these people, God. I pray that we would have our ears to be open to hear what you're going to speak. Speak what you want to speak, Father God. Nothing more, nothing less. How you want to say it. Whatever it is you want to do, Father, let me hear your, your, your voice. Let me hear what the Spirit is saying to this church. And we give you the glory and the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. I want to look at this particular scripture in verse number one, and I want to talk about a few things before we get heavily into it. Is that okay? Are y'all here? Y'all here with me for this? Everybody good? Everybody, everybody got your Christmas shopping done? You ain't thinking about that or, you know, just don't think about it. It'll get there, right? Don't think about what you're going to eat next. Everybody, everybody here, everybody with me, Okay. So, so now Jericho was securely shut up. Now Jericho was securely shut up. How many's looked at your pastors and thought, I wish he'd be Jericho? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> He's full of it this morning, amen? But Jericho was securely shut up. Now I want you to see this. Jericho, watch this, is the, is the city of palm trees. Jericho is the city of palm trees. Now, this was not in my notes until this morning. But isn't it interesting we start talking about trees and fruit? And You see what God does? God is trying to speak to us. Jericho is, is the city of palm trees. We understand that palm trees represent something. How many knows that everything in God's Word means something to our spirit? The Bible says, let the church hear with the spirit what God is saying. So, Symbols, numbers, signs mean something in the spirit. It's not just something we're throwing out. 
it means something that God is trying to cultivate kingdom in what He's created. And we see here that Jericho means the city of palm trees according to Deuteronomy 34 and 3. If you look that up, you'll see that it's called the city of the palm trees. The city of palm trees means, palm trees means hope. <laughs> palm trees also mean peace. It means renewal. So we could say that it's the city of hope. That it's the city of peace. It represents the city of peace. That it represents the city of renewal. Things are about to be renewed. Things are about to be restored. We see that God has, has given promise. And when, and when we understand that promise and we begin to move toward that promise, there's a moment where we enter into what He's promised us. Amen? So we see this here. We can see, but also you've heard me preach it many times that on those palm trees are branches. <clears throat> and that branch represents victory. Somebody shout victory. So we could say that this is the, the city of victory. We could say that this is the city that represents that there's victory waving. And it, isn't it interesting that victory can be waving, but all we can see is the defeat in our eyes. All they could see in one moment was the giant when victory was waving. You, hear, you see what I'm saying? Palm branches were waving, declaring the victory. The, and, and we see that those branches were used time and time again. But the, now, let's look at it this way. Now the city of victory was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. Here's another thing I want you to understand. Watch this, Gavin. The children of Israel scared their enemy. It wasn't shut up because they were trying to keep them out, so to speak. It was shut up because they were scared. Can I tell you your enemy's more scared than he wants you to believe? And the reason that he's trying to keep you out of the things of God is because he's scared of you. I want you to see him as scared of you. Not because that he's bigger and badder than you, but it's because literally he wants to place fear in you because that is who he is. He is scared of your potential. He's scared of you entering into all that God has for you. And it says that the, the place was shut up. And we understand this because Rahab said, we've heard about your Lord. We heard about how you parted the waters and they crossed over into dry land. We heard about uh, what you did to the Amorites, to king's men. We heard about, and the Bible said that their hearts melt in, within them. Why? Because they were scared of the God of Israel. They were scared of the God of, uh, of Jacob. Come on, somebody. They were scared of the God of, of David that destroyed the giant. Why? Because they understood that this was the God that would bring them what was waving to them. There was victory ahead, and so they had to get keep them out of the land because if they would possess, they're going to possess everything that God had declared. And so he said, just shut it up. Shut it all up. And he says, no one went out and no one came in. And the Bible says that, uh, I, I, he says uh, in verse 2, it says that the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given Jericho. Somebody turn to your neighbor and tell him it's already done. According to God's word, it's already been settled. It's already done. He said, I've given Jericho into your hand. You've already possessed it in your hand. It's already done. And all the kings and all the enemies, the mighty men of valor, valor this communicates to us and that something has already happened. I need you to turn to your neighbor and say, something's happening. 
You need to tell them something's already taken place. Something This emphasizes the role that, that God has done something that cannot be seen with the eye just yet, but it's faith that begins to allow us to see what's already that what we already possessed, what we already hold in our hand. The victory was not only in their eye, it was in their possession. It was in their hand. It was already done. It just They just hadn't seen it happen yet. God was there before they were there. <laughs> he, he already saw what was going to take place before it had taken place. And he's telling them, I've already defeated your enemies. It's already happened. I'm just taking you. Now you're going to see what's already been done. And we see here that they marched around the city, all the men of war, and you shall go around, watch this, the city once this you shall do six days. So how many knows how many days that was? They, was? they went around six times. They went around once a day. Now this was, I know we, in our mind we think that it took days for them to get around, but it, was one, it took a, a long time for them. But this was actually like seven acres. So it didn't take a long time for them to make the circle, but they would rest and wait and they would do everything that God had told them to do. Isn't it important to not only do uh, the, the, the movement that God tells us to do, but how He tells us to do it. So there's, there's some details here that God is telling us, and He's saying, I want you to march around once a day, and I want you to wait. And He says, then the seventh priest shall blow, blow seven trumpets. Now here we see seven priests. Somebody shout, seven priests. Now there's seven priests, seven trumpets. It says seven days, seven trips. How many knows that seven's pretty significant in this verse? And the reason that it is, is because seven, you and I understand, that is the number of completion. We can see it through creation, that the number seven, was the, that was the completion. Rest could happen on that seventh day. So how many knows seven is the number of your completion? You need to see this in your life and in your spirit. It came to pass when they made a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, somebody shout the trumpet. So the trumpet and the ram's horn, I want you to see that that's the same thing, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. There's a loud sound, and then there's a great shout. And, the, and, and as this happened, the Bible says that the wall began to fall, that the city was, the, the, the walls began to fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him, with no hindrances. There's not going to be a hindrance for me to get into my promise. There's not going to be a wall in my way. There's not going to be any restrictions at this point, because God is going to make a way through obedience obedience and through faith that these walls are about to fall but they're not going to fall in uh, the way that we see them fall there's it's not a norm it's not the way that our mind puts it together how many knows that sometimes God will tell you that he's going to do something and you think you see it a certain way but it's never the way that you see it and we see in verse 6 and 7 that Joshua begins to instruct what God had instructed him. It's repeated, we see. And then in verse 9, we see that there's armed men go before the priest. And this, uh, the, there was a rear guard. There was men that went before the ark. And there was a, a man that went behind the ark. And, and I just want to point that out because I believe that the reason that their ark was 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 in the middle is because how many knows that that the presence of God should always be in the middle of our lives 
So there was warriors that went before the presence and there was a rear guard that went behind the presence. Here's what I want to tell you. When the presence of God is in the middle of your marriage, you will receive breakthrough. Come on, somebody. When the presence of God is in the middle of your business, it will never boom like it does when God's presence is. Is there any businessman that knows what I'm talking about? That when you put God first and in the middle of everything that you do and every transaction that you release, how many knows that when you put God in the middle of your money, you will never run out of money? Come on. When you put God in the middle of your ministry, there will be so many signs and wonders and miracles that will follow you. Why? Because you chose to put the presence of God in the middle. Why did they put the presence of God in the middle? They put it in the middle and they said the circle, the city, the ark, the presence was a prominent position. The presence had to be in a prominent place. It was it was the focal point. Listen, when the presence is the focal point, no prince of palady will be able to keep you or restrict you from everything that God wants you to be possessed. He wants you to possess the land. He wants you to possess promise and the way that you possess promise is to put presence in the middle come on somebody and so the presence of God is in the middle it's the focal point it's the ark it's the presence of God that is in the middle and Joshua 6 in the uh, living Bible the living Bible says that the gates of Jericho were were tight they were shut up they were afraid because God's people now are invading they've been hearing about these people of God no one was allowed to go in there no one was going to come out but the Lord said to Joshua Jericho and its kings and all of the mighty warriors have already been defeated. I just want to reiterate this because I want you to get it in your spirit. And for I have given them to you. Now turn to your neighbor and say, he's already given you the victory. He's already put the, the enemy's uh, devices, everything. He's already given you the, the spoil of your enemy. It's already yours. The possessions are all, the wealth of the wicked is already laying up for you. I want you to see it like that because he's, and you know why it's laid up for you? Because he needs kingdom currency how many knows that he'll use the wealth of the wicked to fund the kingdom and that's what's going to happen in this day and hour and I'm not just talking about money I'm talking about I'm talking about people I'm talking about uh, circumstances I'm talking about lifestyles that were once one way but God's going to transition them and they're going to be used to build the kingdom of God they're going to be used to, to preach the gospel they're going to be used to prophesy and we see that it's already done the enemy has already been defeated for I have given them to you and your entire army is to walk around the city and we see it six days the ark's coming around there's a carrying of the trumpets that's the ram horns that are going off the seven days you are to walk around the city seven times the priests will continually blow their trumpets then when they give the long shout when they give the long blast with the trumpet that's when you're going to the people are going to give a mighty shout and when you do that the walls are going to fall flat down and they're going to become a place uh, they're going to become a pathway for you to walk into your promise are you hearing me right now they're going to become a bridge for you to walk into your blessing they're going to you're, you already see the victories waving and you're about to get into the land of victory into the land of promise into the land of perpetual fruit in this land there's going to be fruit you'll never have to want for nothing this is the land of not just enough you had enough manna that rained down from heaven I gave you the bread I gave you water out of a rock but 
but if you'll listen to my voice and you'll do what I've told you to do no matter what it sounds like it sounds like nonsense it makes no sense but how many knows what makes no sense with you it makes perfect sense with God and Jericho is known as the oldest city now I want you to look at this it's the, it's known as the oldest city in all the world Jericho it's known as the, the oldest city. It was surrounded by a system. This system was those massive upper walls. Now, it wasn't just one wall around the city. There was an upper wall and there was a lower wall. And, the, and we can see and research through, the, the, through what the Bible is declaring to us. This was a massive upper wall. It was a lower stone wall. The outer wall, I would just want to give you a picture of what it looks like, was six feet thick. The, 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 the outer wall was six feet thick and it was about 20 feet high. So how many knows it was pretty thick and it was pretty tall? And the inner wall was about 12 feet thick and 30 uh, feet high. And between the, the walls, there was uh, a, a guarded walkway. There was actually homes that, that was built in between the walls. Guarded walkway. It was securely tight. The, Jer Jericho was no pushover, ladies and gentlemen. These were enemies that had to be conquered. This had to happen for God's people. And this city had to be conquered. But what was happening here was that there was a wall in the way of their promise. There was walls in the way. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, there's walls in the way. There's walls in the way. There's a thickness. that It looks thick to our natural eyes. It's, it looks high. It looks to, to beyond anything that we can ever get through. There was walls in the way. How many knows that this is with you and I, that God can give us a promise. He can give us something. He can tell us truth. He can prophesy through this one and that one over our lives. But how many knows we allow the walls in the way? We allow the walls of doubt. We allow the walls of, of illness and sickness to restrict us from, from what we know that God has told us that we should walk in health, that we should walk in riches, but we've allowed the walls in the way. Turn to your neighbor and say there's walls in the way. And so these walls are in the way, and we see that they have to be conquered. They have to, Corinthians tells us that we have to pull down. Come on, help me preach for a minute. Every stronghold, every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Are you hearing me right now? God had already promised them that the, the land had, was already theirs. God had already promised them in Scripture that I'm going to put the enemies in your hand. No longer will you be controlled by the enemy. Me, but I'm about to give you the authority and the power to control this situation, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. So it had already happened. And how many knows that if we know this, that if God has said it, that when then we can pull down every stronghold, every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. I want you to understand that the weapons that you have, you've heard me say it, they're not weak, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. I wish I had somebody that has a word of promise that is greater than the problem that you're looking at. I wish I had somebody that has promise and, and there's wonder in that promise and that word is greater than the worry that's trying to keep you out. The wall that's trying to keep you out. I wish I had some people in here that would go ahead in and in advance give God praise for the promise that he's already given to you. It's already been settled in heaven. He's already 
already given you salvation. He's already given you the ability to walk into your healing, to walk into your deliverance, to walk into the power of your anointing. He's already said it, but there's some walls in your way. And the Bible says the way that you break down the wall is you've got to use your mouth. You've got to use what God has given to you. Somebody, it's on us. Listen, this is your seventh day. This is on a Sunday. You've waited six days to get to this one. And I'm looking for somebody that will get up on your feet right now and just begin to declare to the wall of wickedness that's in your way, that's trying to keep you from everything that God has promised over your life. Somebody look at the wall in your way and say God has already said it. Somebody shout with with the voice of triumph. Those who know that you've already been delivered and the wall somebody shout until the wall falls the wall that was in the way had to fall the hindrance to the path the wall had to fall somebody tell your neighbor the wall's going to fall the wall's going to fall why because there's a generation <laughs> that will declare in the face of dilemma, the wall is gonna fall, come on. There's a generation in this house that didn't come this far to lay down and to die in the desert. The wall, some of y'all been doing this thing a long, long, don't be like the first generation that, that enters into doubt and misses the destiny. But there was a generation that rose up they weren't even the same type of people. <laughs> they weren't even fighters. They were farmers. But in this particular scripture, there was, a, there was something that transitioned. And Joshua, Joshua began to talk to farmers like uh, fighters. And he says, men of war, we're getting ready to take. Come on, somebody. You may not have grown up this way. Some of you didn't grow up in religion. Some of you didn't grow up in tradition. Thank God for that because you have a way of newness that we need. We need your uh, zeal. We need your fervency in prayer. I'm looking for somebody to understand right now that, that there's a Joshua anointing that God wants to release that has courage available in it. There's a, there's a Joshua generation anointing that the Bible is talking about and this anointing gives you the ability to not just look at the wall but you're going to see it fall and you're going to cross over why because there's no hesitation in this anointing why because there's faith that will explode in this kind of anointing this Joshua generation how many knows that there's courage in the anointing how many knows that there's endurance in the anointing how many knows that there's persistence in the anointing and even when God tells you to do something that doesn't make any sense in your situation it doesn't make sense what he's told you to do the instructions that he's given to you it doesn't make sense to my natural perspective it is impossible and matter of fact this was not customary it was no customary way to conquer a walled fortified city the method of movement looked impossible it made no sense according to military intelligence I know that things that we are facing and that we are
you're experiencing sometimes in God how many knows that when God tells you to do something sometimes you look at it and there's walls in the way and it doesn't make any sense what he's telling me to do in a military I, this is not a way to fight I've never seen a fight quite like this or, or, or action taken like this but God if how many knows when God tells you to do it don't resist it don't even think about it just do what God has told you to do even when it don't make sense to your intellect how many knows that sometimes God is not a God of sense God is a God of faith I wish I wish I had somebody to understand that my God may not make sense but he honors your faith I mean I know God don't make sense sometimes when he tells you to move here and he tells you to go there and he tells you to do this but how many knows when you begin to move on what he tells you to do giants will begin to fall in front of you how many knows when you move on what God has told you to do and you do it the way he's told you to do it come on you're looking for some scientific way you're looking for it to make sense but God ain't gonna make sense to you and he don't owe you all that information all he needs from you is your obedience and he needs your faith and if he's got your faith and he's got your obedience every wall in front of you will fall if you believe it somebody shout like you know it's going to take place it don't make sense turn your neighbor and say it don't make sense how many is living in a season right now that don't make sense it don't make sense it don't god told me to do it don't make sense he told me to come out it don't make sense it makes no sense david Look at Samuel, 2 Samuel 6 and 13. When those that were carrying the presence, here it is. Presence is the focal point. How many knows with the presence of God, even if it don't make sense? <laughs> when you got the presence of God and you do what God has said for you to do, the presence will always prevail in your life. It don't make sense, but the presence was a focal point. One leader didn't care about the presence. Thought he could do it in his own strength, but David knew that without the presence of God, there was no potential in God. I must get the presence. I must get the presence back to God's people. And he went after the presence, and the first time he failed, but then we see that there's something uh, significant that happens. It didn't make sense what he told him to do, what he told them to do. We see that when those that were carrying the ark of the Lord, the, the Bible says in 2 Samuel 6 and 13, they, they had to take six steps. And then David sacrificed a bull in a fatted calf. That don't make sense. Why do I got to praise God uh, before I get to the promise? You see what I'm saying? Why do I got to praise God? And, and it's and, and researching this and looking this up, they believe that it was every six steps that they stopped and made sacrifice. Mm. Every six on the seventh, on the seventh, before the seventh step, there had to be a sacrifice made. There had to be uh, the fatted calf, which is is the the it is the be, it's the best meat. It is the come on. How many knows that every six steps, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. After that, how many knows what today is? 
I got a sacrifice before I get in. I got a sacrifice to get. I got a sacrifice of praise. I, I, I'm going to praise him for the few steps that I have made, the six steps that I have made. How many know six is a number of man, but when I step my next step, God's about to complete some stuff. I, I know I'm not all the way there yet, but if that's the case, I want you to see it's 12 to 15 kilometers, which means it's almost seven miles. If you look that up, 12, it's almost seven miles, and they did this for seven miles, every six steps that they took a sacrifice and they, they killed the bull and the fatted calf and David and the whole nation stopped and sacrificed over 3,500 times when you calculate that in research over 3,500 times in every six steps over and over and one of my favorite writers said it like this Rick Joyner he says from Obed-Edom's house to Mount Zion the procession left in its wake a trail of blood as far as the eye I could see. Come on, somebody. No wonder when David entered into the gates, he began to dance like a crazy man because every six steps he had to pull over and give credit to God and give him praise. He was just warming up for where he was going. Every six steps he was giving God praise. He was saying, I got to stop on the sixth day because I have to give my strength. Come on, somebody. I got to surrender my strength because when I take the next step, I, God is going to take care of all of it. God's going to take care of the next six steps because he is that kind of God. He is a God of perfection. He is a God of completion. And so I'm going to praise him every few because when I get to the gates and we see when he got through the gates that he danced like a crazy man. He danced so much that when people looked at him and his wife looked at him and said my God, you look like a foolish man. You dance out of your clothes. You know why he danced out of his clothes? because he had been practicing releasing his strength every six steps. I wish I had somebody to understand that God will remove you until he gets into you, until he gets into everything that you do, until he gets into your thought process. And the reason David had to do it for the few is because if he allowed his mind to wander just for a moment, he would have never made it to the gate. I wish I had somebody to understand that the reason that I try to get you to give God praise is because you may not make it without the praise that I'm trying to get you into you say you're trying to make me give God praise absolutely because I'm telling you the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people you're trying to wait to feel something God's just trying to wait for your faith he's not waiting for you to feel something to praise him he's trying to get somebody to praise him in faith until you see a wall fall until you see the prison begin to open up somebody give God praise like you know the God that you serve is able to do exceeding come on he's just killing you he's just killing your flesh he's just allowing you the opportunity to mortify what needs to be mortified somebody give God praise in this place if I don't praise him I may not make it that's why I praise him through the week. And I ain't going to praise him any less on a Sunday when I've been praising, praising him every day. But it's that sixth day that he praised him. David would rather strangely surrender than live a, and live. David would rather strangely surrender. Have you ever seen somebody's strange surrender? See, that's puzzling, ain't it? It is that wording. 
But how many knows that sometimes people's surrender looks strange? You ever looked at somebody and said, my God, why'd they lay in the floor like that? That surrender is strange. My God, why did they dance so much before the Word went forth? That surrender is strange. Why did they not preach today? That surrender is strange. Because sometimes when the presence is in the middle, the Word is in the presence. You don't need a preacher to get up here and tell you everything that they have studied out because what they've studied out is being demonstrated in the presence. Somebody help me. I'm just trying to help you understand the church you're sitting in. Because sometimes surrender will be strange. But watch this. There's life in strange surrender. You can be self-sufficient and die. Or you can be strangely surrendered and live. I, I feel like dancing on that one right there. Because we all know how to be self-sufficient. Why? Because God has given a fixer on the inside of us. He's a fixer, so fixing is inside you. But there becomes time when you have to give it to Him. David would rather strangely surrender and live than be self-sufficient and die. God, through each step of uh, uh, six steps, how many believe that when He prays, there was strength that come? When He would praise every six steps, make the sacrifice, there was, uh, there was direction that would come. There was insight that would come to make the next six steps. Faith is a, is a, it's a faith walk. It's not a sense walk. Come on, somebody. It's, it's not by what I see, it's by what I believe that, that gets me through. And in order to restore the glory, David completely died to his own strength, gave God his best, best every six steps, over and over. And guess what? He found that God was faithful over and over. He, he, he didn't move in the way of natural mind, what his mind was saying, what his thoughts were saying. He didn't move and stumble this time because he was focused. He wasn't focused on the logic. He was focused on his Lord. It didn't make sense. But he still knew that if God said it, he was going to do it. It didn't make sense. How many has ever seen a preacher? Now, this is getting old-fashioned right here. You don't see it very much anymore. But have you ever seen somebody put a, get a cloth, a piece of fabric, and, and anoint it? That don't make any sense, does it? Why would I anoint a piece of cloth and take it to somebody who's sick? Because faith in what we just anointed, and if I, you ever had them get it up and say, I'm gonna put it under my husband's pillow. I'm gonna put it uh, until conviction grabs a hold of them. I'm talking old fashioned now. Some of y'all don't know about this. It don't make sense to anoint a cloth just to get it into an atmosphere. But how many has seen it change your family? How many has seen demons cast out by an anointed cloth? God doesn't need anything, He just needs an anointed cloth. He needs faith. That's all He needs. And, and it don't make sense sense to anoint a cloth. It don't make sense for me to declare the name of Jesus out of my mouth and things happen and change in the atmosphere. It don't make sense to the to the intellect. And, and, and some of us can only sit because we don't understand the, how powerful the name of Jesus is. What I mean, some of us are shut up because we don't understand the power that is in the name of just the name of Jesus. And the Bible says that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is the Christ 
Christ, the Son of the living God. You don't need anything else. All you need is the authority of the name. I know it don't make sense to shout Jesus until every devil runs out of your marriage, but I wish I had somebody that had enough faith to stand up in the midst of the wall and the situation that you were looking at and take the authority that God has given to you by his name and say, Jesus, and sickness will be healed. Jesus, and cancer will be uprooted. Jesus, and every wall's got somebody give God praise and lift up the name of Jesus in this house. I, I can look around the room and see sense people and faith people. I, I can read you like a book. I can read you and you say, well, he can't read me. I'm going to get out of here. No, I'm not, I'm not going to let you get out of here until faith explodes in your belly. Because I'm telling you, it's not going to work out the way it's already it's always worked out when you're just sitting on your faith. Your faith has got to move. Your faith has got to do what God has told you to do. The Bible says faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The reason that they were able to march around the wall, the reason that they had the courage to do what God had told them to do because the Bible says that faith comes by the word of God and when God is speaking to you you have the faith to move I wish I had somebody in this place that it doesn't make sense to your intellect it doesn't make sense to the Google but somebody give God praise anyway because Google may say one thing but how many knows my God has said another thing my God is saying that if I'll mark six times and I will blow the trumpet and I'll make a sound of the supernatural sound of God. That trumpet was the sound of liberty. That trumpet was the sound of jubilee. I wish I had some people in this place that God told you to be quiet. For six days he told you to be quiet. He told you to keep your mouth shut because we're good at spreading negativity. And then sometimes he'll make you be quiet because you'll talk your way out of the blessing. You'll talk your way out of the promise you'll talk your way out of your healing you'll talk your way out of deliverance but I wish I had somebody that you obeyed God and you was quiet for a little while because you knew that your emotion was going to affect your emotion ah, emotion tried to affect your motion emotion tried to affect your mobility and if you would have opened your mouth in that moment, you would have destroyed your destiny. But there comes a time when God says you've been faithful over the few things. Now open up your mouth. I'm about to give you kingdom access. Somebody open your mouth and shout hallelujah. Put your hands together. Let God arise in this place. Slap your neighbor and say, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Try the trumpet. Somebody say the truth proclaimed in faith sometimes makes no sense. The truth that's proclaimed in faith makes no sense. But how many knows when you do it, expectancy begins to explode by the sound of the truth. It's a supernatural signal. It's a force. I want you to see the trumpet. That the reason that the trumpet was going when, they, when the voices were silent is because the truth was louder 
than the voice. The truth, his voice, was louder than the voices of men. You'll talk your way out of everything God's trying to get to you. That's why the truth was louder than the, than the voices of men. And the Bible says it came to pass. It came to pass. Six times they went around. And they blew the trumpet. Ah, guess what I got? Uh-oh. Somebody say, give him the anointing to blow this trumpet. <laughs> give me the wind, Lord. I might get somebody else to do it. Eva said no. <laughs> nice, huh? And every step, perpetually, the sound of the trumpet was, was it was, it might have been, a little, I don't know how the sounds were up to the sound, but I know that it was consistent. It might have been just, uh, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Yeah, just like that. Sometimes you're weak, you ain't got enough wind. <laughs> But you got to just blow what you got. Come on. You got you to give the truth that you got. And the next thing you know, it'll just be a strength every step. You'll get new strength to blow again. And the next thing you know, the blow gets a little easier. Come on, somebody. The truth that's coming out of you gets a little easier. Here's what I'm here to tell you. He told them six days, I want you to blow that truth. I want you to blow the trumpet. It wasn't a normal trumpet. It wasn't a trumpet, Brother Jeff, that was made of silver and made of man. See, we love the man mechanisms of church. We love the man, the man. Well, we know what's going to happen. We're good with that. We're good with the formality. We're not good with the. You see, this only has a few notes. It don't. It's not really. There's not a whole lot you can do with this. It, it, there's just a few notes. That's why he said that I, the, the 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 preaching of God's word. He said it's not going to be the wisdom of man. He said, but oh, I feel the Holy Ghost just showed up in my spirit. He said it's going to that the preaching of God's word is going to confound the wise. That's why they use the rams because it's the truth of God's word and the gospel of Jesus Christ it's going to be so simple that if you're not in the spirit you'll not understand it it's going to confound the wise he said don't preach with your intellect he said preach with the gospel message of Jesus Christ that's when I say Jesus every demon has to tremble every demon has to run away that's when I say I'll draw a bloodline it don't make sense to draw a bloodline but how many knows that when you draw a bloodline line with your mouth when you open up your uh, mouth and you declare a bloodline uh, around your family how many knows that no devil can cross the line I wish I had so it don't make sense to do that but somebody stand to your feet and I wish you would just right now begin to draw the bloodline because the bloodline is going to be a fiery line of your protection the bloodline is the main line the bloodline 
bloodline is the line for your healing. The bloodline is the line for your deliverance. Somebody said, call him up. Call him up. Tell him what you want. How many knows that the bloodline is your main line? Somebody give God praise like you know what you're connected to. Somebody give God praise and draw the bloodline. Draw the bloodline around your children. Draw the bloodline around your finances. Draw the bloodline around the next generation. Open up your mouth and shout unto God with the voice. Hey, it wasn't a natural trumpet. Silver trumpet. They had those, but they chose this trumpet. Why? Because this trumpet was used. Let me get to the, my notes here. It was the trumpet of Jobel, which was the trumpet used for the year of Jubilee. Ah, come on, somebody. What did that mean? They was declaring their freedom. They was declaring their breakthrough before they ever stepped into Y'all ain't hear what I'm saying. The truth will set you free. And so they used this ram's horn. The Bible said it was the uh, signifying of the complete liberty that was brought, uh, that was brought to, to Israel so that they could possess the land. It was already theirs. It was already in their hands according to the word of God, according to what I just read to you, that it was already theirs. Just it was their, they were the rightful owners. I want you to hear this. They were the right, you are the rightful owner to your healing. You are the rightful owner to certain territories that the enemy has, has pushed you out of. But I want you to understand that if you've got a trumpet in your hand, you've got liberty to walk in. The Bible says that Jesus was anointed to preach the gospel. Come on, somebody. He was anointed to preach to the poor, to set at liberty those who were kept, held captive to recover sight to the blind. But he said at the end of the of that verse he said this is the acceptable year of the Lord how many knows that that scripture has already been fulfilled in your hearing if you believe the word of the Lord somebody put your trumpet on it somebody declare truth open up your mouth like a trumpet and declare your liberty and declare your breakthrough and declare your freedom in this place You say, what's the most important thing to the hearing of God? What is He most concerned about? He wants you to believe Him. He wants you to trust Him. He's trying to direct you to things that don't make sense. Why is God silent right now? Don't make sense. Why isn't He doing anything about my situation? Don't make sense. My problem, does he not see it? Don't make sense. Naaman dipped seven times in muddy water. Don't make sense. Peter, go to a fish, pull money out of the mouth. Pay for your taxes that way. Don't make sense. Peter, throw your net. You tried that side. Try the other side. Don't make sense. Doesn't make sense, does it? Why would I try the other side when I've tried that side and I've toiled all night and I've caught nothing but nevertheless? 
<laughs> Nevertheless, at your It may not make sense, but nevertheless, at your word, and the Bible says it may not have made sense. It was at the wrong part of the day to be fishing. It did not make sense. Your ways, listen to me real clear, are not His ways. Talk back to me, somebody. It doesn't look the way you thought it should look because it's not the way... It, 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 he, he's not concerned about the way it looks to you. It don't make sense. But whatever He's promised to you, He's going to get to you. It may not make sense right now, but when you get to the end of this thing, it's going to be perfect clear that the wall didn't even tumble down. It went flat down and became a bridge for them to walk into the promise. And I'm sure there's some kind of scientific way that it happened when all of a sudden at the same time, on that seventh time that they blew the trumpet and it was a longer sound and maybe combined with all of those voices sounding together, Maybe there was some scientific thing that happened that got into the molecules of the wall and made it fall. It may be some scientific way because God is the one who created science, but he didn't tell them about the what, what they had, the hypothesis that they needed to make it happen. All he told them to do is to go. All he told them to do is to walk around the wall. I wish I had somebody. If you'll help me, I'll close this thing up. But I wish somebody would help me because sometimes you don't have the hypothesis but you've got the God of the hypothesis you've got the God of science you've got the God of heaven and earth who told you to move and if God told you to move every wall is about to fall stand on your feet right now take 30 seconds and give God a praise Come on, abundance is coming in this praise. Miracles are going to come through this praise. Big problems are about to fall through this praise. Why? When? How? Try, stop trying to make sense of it. Just release your sound. Stop trying to make sense of it. Just release your sound. That's why tongues are so hard. The reason tongues are so hard, the reason it's, it's so hard for you to receive the power of the Holy Ghost with the initial evidence of speaking in other tongues because your mind is trying to figure out what heaven's releasing but I wish I had somebody full of the river to open up your mouth come on slap your neighbor high five and tell him it don't make sense but God it don't make sense but God God is able it don't make sense what he told me to do he told me to move he told me to open up my mouth and there would be a new language that would come out it don't make sense but it don't make sense but every time you open your mouth and you release the river there's a building that's going up on the inside of you but every wall in front of you is falling now if you believe it somebody put a praise on the promise somebody shout until he brings you out somebody shout until doubt leaves your mind leaves your heart leaves your family Woo! it don't make sense it don't make sense. Lift your hands toward heaven. It's illogical. 
to move on this kind of direction. It don't make sense. One last story. God's moving right now. Come on, come on. Surrender, surrender. Surrender to the word. Surrender to the truth. Focus on the sound of the trumpet. When you come to church, stop being distracted by the noise and focus on the sound of the truth. Come on, somebody. I'm not talking about the preacher. The preacher look crazy. He'll look sweaty. He'll give you expressions that may make you laugh, but I'm asking you to hear the truth today. I'm asking you to hear the truth of God's word because if you can hear the trumpet, you're getting ready to release your breakthrough. You're getting ready to release. You're going to release your breakthrough. You're going to release your victory. You're going to release your healing. You're going to release your deliverance. How are you going to do it? Because on the seventh time, after the truth was completed i said the truth of god had a day to be completed in your life and in your mind and in your spirit and as the seventh time they rolled around it was the seventh time on the seventh day it was the 13th time that they circled that wall and the bible says that as they circled it and there was a long blast of truth of the trumpet that began to sound in the bible Bible said uh, that they released the shout uh, of their praise uh, and as they released the shout of their praise uh, the wall came down uh, flat uh, it came down uh, it became a pathway to promise uh, it became a bridge to their breakthrough uh, somebody give God praise right now uh, open up your mouth we hope you enjoyed this word if you would like to hear more messages like this one please take a second and click the subscribe button. And for more information on our ministry, please visit us at rhctn.com.